I didn't get people like, oh, but he's a Christian. Christians are a mess. <laughs> yeah, but like, even no, but even like whole like the whole. <laughs> yeah, Christians are a mess. Christians are a mess. Um, but in terms, <laughs> in terms of the whole um, Daily Mail, oh, the storms is gospel music. Stuff, and... <laughs> have you not read the Bible? I feel like I feel like um, some people. I know you read the Bible. Like, <laughs> if you really research hard enough, a lot of these gospel artists are a mess. Like, did you not watch Mary Mary's reality show? Hello guys and welcome to another episode of Don't Let The Stands. This is episode 7 of season 5. You are here today with your host Eads McKenzie and Nicholas Terrell. And Chopin. And just a special thank you to Toby for mentioning us in The Independent for an article um, discussing um, radio, podcasters and the like. Um, and also thank you to Ada as well for writing about um, 14 um, podcasts to listen to in BuzzFeed. Uh, we were next to some amazing podcasts and we're always grateful to receive um, any type of recognition so thank you very much to both of those um, women nick shoppe how are you today um still busy um but do you know what like just taking the weekend to kind of chill as much as i can um i will probably be in the emails tomorrow but yeah just try to get through this tough busy period but yeah yeah, yeah. besides that excited for another episode and yeah how how are you shoppe how are you eden i'm good and I know, unfortunately, I'm going to think asking for more, but that's all I have to say. That's fine. I'm good. Um, for me, I've had a really tough week. Very, very busy week. Um, just in all areas, really. Um, that's all I really have to say. Like, hopefully the next week will be better, but it's just been a lot in the last few days. Um, you know the caption, if you don't laugh, you'll cry? Yeah, that's the week. So, um, yeah, that's me, really. Um, should we go into the listening section yeah but before we do that mm -hmm. i do want to just like extend um uh i guess a virtual hand of solidarity to everyone that is protesting and organizing in nigeria right now oh yeah demanding an end to police brutality and harassment and extortion and the very dark ways the police over there navigate so i just want to um extend a virtual hand of solidarity to everyone out there and everyone who will be protesting today was it tomorrow i know there's one i'm in london outside the nigerian embassy so i just wanted to um share that and also shout out to um all the public figures who've spoken out about that both it, both from nigeria and out of nigeria so just wanted to make sure that was set yeah yeah sorry about that i forgot but yeah um definitely solidarity with um, nigeria and everyone who's fighting against basically everything shope said um, it is sad to see. And um, I saw a tweet saying, where are black people safe? And that tweet in itself was very sad because I couldn't think of an answer. So um, to all my Nigerians, I hope your family and everyone who is back home is okay. Um, if you're new, listen to this podcast and you're from Nigeria, um, we're shouting about you over here and just let us know what we need to do and we'll try and do it. Um, other than that, I have nothing else to add, guys. Um, should we just get into the listening section? Yes, sir. Cool. So I'll start this week. Um, first and foremost, I've got Giveon, um, When It's All Sad and Done. 
So, said and done. Said and done. Sorry, sorry. Um, so this album for me was um, really soothing. I'm a, I'm a massive fan of Givion now, actually, um, and I'm glad that the first music video that he's released features a dark skinned black woman, and I think that's really important. First video for this um, project. Oh, yeah, stuck on you. Um, he released it yesterday, I believe. No, no, I thought you were saying his first video ever. No, not ever. The first video from this new project. Um, and I'm glad it features a dark-skinned black woman because um, you don't really get to see that anymore. Like, there used to be this thing back in the day where, um, and when I say back in the day, I mean early 2000s, probably. Yeah, early 2000s. Um, you'll see a lot of dark-skinned women in um, music videos. But as time has progressed, a lot Did of the we? kind of... Pardon me? Did we? Well, much more so than you do now. I also see it more now. Would you? Yeah. Now the whole video vixen era, there was there was a time. Yeah, there was there was. was like, I remember quite yeah. a few, but um, I'm saying now I don't really see dark skinned women represented in music videos as much anymore. Um, it's usually someone who's light skinned, mixed race, white woman, or something along those lines. Um, but I remember back in like the Nelly videos, the um, uh, Jay Z videos, like it was always like a dark skinned vixen. The Pharrell videos um and over time that's kind of just deteriorated um from what i remember but yeah i I just really appreciated that because it's just a representation that's needed and i was kind of discussing this in a group chat um a few weeks ago about how in the media we don't really get examples of um like dark-skinned women in committal relationships um and i think it's important to have like tidbits like that in the media in music videos in tv shows and the like um and that kind of shows how important shows like Moesha were because like it was just something so normal. It wasn't something so exaggerated. Um, and it's not like, for example, Grownish in those chan- those shows, for example, where there's only like two different skin tones. Um, but yeah, I'm really appreciating the music on this album. Stuck on You is an amazing song. Um, and I think it details a lot of situationships that people have been in. Um, I'd recommend a lot of people listen to this album if they're into um, kind of like crooner type of songs um give you on his next up like is it his first year like making music um shoppe no he's um well his ep came out this year but he had dropped some songs last year okay but his first project came out this year so this has kind of definitely been his uh i guess i would say breakthrough because i feel like he's um he still has more um more ways to go but definitely like his formal introduction was yeah. this year but he had like a few songs out last year garden kisses was one amazing song check that out yeah because he's doing big right now i mean he was like not that this is a signifier anymore but the fact he was featured on drake's album um or ep um what was it called dark days or something i keep forgetting what that album's called um but the fact he was featured on that from the jump is really really showing how much the industry kind of are looking to him right now and I hope that it continues because he's really making like really heartfelt music at the moment. Um, Shopee, did you have anything to say on that album? I know you were going to um, speak on it. Yeah, I was going to mention this too. Um, I was going to say that I just, uh, I love what Givon is doing for the male R&B landscape. And I don't know what it is, but I do feel that like, uh, I really do feel like we're now starting to see diversity in the male R&B landscape and it's always been there but I mean in terms of the ones who are being propped up and being held up to I guess the quasi mainstream because he's not mainstream mainstream but he's definitely getting more of a push than some of his contemporaries would and some some other males that have in the last few years and I love that um one because he's obviously so great and talented but also I love how different he is like when it comes to male contemporary R&B voices like he has like this very rich 
smoky caramel like baritone like we're very much about our tenors and our counter tenors like we don't really have voices like that in the mainstream and the fact that so that alone it stands out like not and that's no disregard to the other amazing artists out there like but i just think like his tone and his voice is such a such a uh in a league of its own and um his approach to deliver delivering his songs i love the, i love how He's kind of like a, a new age kind of quiet storm kind of guy. Like if I'm thinking of like a, who can I compare it to? Like I'm not necessarily the same, but I guess kind of like, kind of, he's mm, a big name. I don't want to give him that just yet because he's still so young. Are you but... going to say like Barry White or someone? Oh no, no. Well, actually let's put, I was actually going to say like, like a Gerald Lever or a, like a Teddy Pendergrass, a Peebo Bryson, that kind of vibe. But but yeah, like Bias kind of feel that um he kind of gives me that and like just like his lyrics, his arrangements and like just how low like how lo fi it is, but it's soulful. It's not like, you know, like this trap soul alternative kind of thing, which we'll get into that nigga in a second. Um But it's like yeah, I don't know. So I really I'm really excited about him. I really I really like him. Um he hasn't disappointed me yet. Like I said, um I loved him when he just had two songs out, Garden Kisses and Fields. I think those are the two songs they had for like a year and a half until this EP came out early this year, which even though it's not an album, his first EP, uh, which let me find the name of it because, you know, we have too much music out these days. Um, Take Time is definitely one of my favorite projects of this year. 1000%, 100%. So that's me on giving on. Yeah, he's very talented. Um, and I'm looking forward to the rest of his music. Let's see what he brings out. Um, Nick, did you have anything to add to that or... Any thoughts? Um, I love him. Like, I think you guys summed it up really well. So, yeah, no. Okay. On to the next project. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, guys, listen to Givion. Is it Givion or Givon? It's you Givion. It. Is it Givion? Okay, I said it right. Um, next is Thundercat. So, it is what it is. So, Sharpay is going to talk about how it's about time and all these types of things when it comes to Thundercat. I just want to say to everyone who's listening, I have been listening to Thundercat, but it's not, like, been to a point where I continuously listen to him. And this album has been on non-stop play this entire week. Um, I first heard the song, what's it called again? Funny Thing. So Funny Thing was on a, I think it was on like a YouTube reel. No, not YouTube reel, an Instagram reel or something along those lines. Um, and from there, I was like, what is this song? And then I like Shazammed it and then not Shazammed it. I found the, the title of the song, went to Spotify, listened to the song. And I was like, wait, Thundercat has been making tunes for a while, you know? Like, I always remember that riff from um what's the song called that everyone knows by thundercat uh them changes. them changes yeah i always remember like the riff and the kind of bass line on um them changes and it's kind of like a a cultural thing now like everyone always talks about that riff and how much how excited they get when they hear it and like from hearing that song i was like okay cool let me give this album a go a go and for for this whole entire week it's been the only thing that i've been playing um and dragon ball durag is it called yeah, Dragon Ball Durag is my song. Like, and I love how it's just Black Boy Joy. Black Boy Joy. It's just literally, I'm wearing a Durag. Do you like it? Um, what do you think about my Durag? Those are literally the, the lyrics. And um, for me, I just really enjoyed how carefree it was. Um, it wasn't too serious. It wasn't political or anything like that. And I just needed an album like that. Something fun. And that's what Thundercat is. He's a very um, eccentric type of person. And if you've ever listened to Thundercat or seen him, you would um, kind of agree with that. He is very eccentric. So yeah, that's Thundercat. 
Next is kind of like a random one. It's not really an artist. It's more of like a genre. Um, so though I did say I would get to jazz eventually, um, I didn't just because of the week I had. Um, but I did yesterday, um, no, actually day before yesterday, um, find a collection of jazz songs on YouTube called Japanese Jazz um, something, something. I can't remember what the rest of it is. I'll put it in the description below. But it's basically just like Japanese jazz songs. And particularly there's an artist called Jairo Ig Ignako, Ignako. Ignako, I think it is. Um, and for me, like, I just love how calming and like relaxing it is. Like I've spoken about jazz before and how important instruments are becoming to me um, as I learn guitar as well and try to figure out um, like everything to do with music just from a different place. Because I think my approach to music, like I said last episode, was very much focusing around the vocalist. Although I did recognize beats and talk about um what I loved about certain beats like I'm focusing more on the individual instruments when it comes to music and that journey is like really um, ethereal and really comfortable um right now for me um so yeah check out Japanese jazz I'll put the rest of the name of the title in the description below and that's me yeah so this week um I have played one project consistently throughout which I feel like I can talk about which is um we were on it interviewed the other day so these boys will know what I'm gonna say already but um this project's called Nectar by Joji he is signed to 88 Rising which is like a boutique label which is out of Hollywood but like represents Japanese artists and artists from Southeast Asia as well um so there's a lot of talented up-and-coming voices from there but I particularly liked Joji's um, Nectar I think it's the first complete project that I've tried from that label in terms of giving it the time of day um, it's alternative so it has elements of electronic it has elements of R&B in there it's very um, ambient in terms of what the vibe and the kind of how the sonics play with each other it's not necessarily super melodic it's more just focused on instrumentals with the voice is kind of piercing through here and there so yeah I, I appreciated that it was kind of like the soothing relaxation that I kind of needed um throughout the week to just kind of listen to music aimlessly if that makes sense um Diplo's on the project as well there's a single called Daylight which has a lot of um a lot of views like across the world like he gets really strong interaction um they have a visual for it as well so it's on YouTube if you kind of want to get a sense of what he's like on the visual palette as well um, I just think this is, yeah, really feel good, um, relaxing, cathartic kind of project. Um, and it allowed me to get on with work this week that I had to do. But yeah, um, I'm really excited to see what Joji comes up with next. If there's like more music, if he's going to actually become fully fledged artist, because for now it hasn't really seemed like I've seen like a clear strategy, if that makes sense. This just kind of came out. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he continues um in his musical journey and i'd love to see some of his japanese culture put in there too um as he evolves so yeah that is joji nectar it is 18 songs long but only 53 minutes so don't worry it's not too extensive because i know how much music is coming out at this point in time at this point of the year um the last kind of quarter people just tend to jam out projects from all across the world so yeah if you want a little kind of break like you don't have to listen to the lyrics necessarily um joji's nectar is a recommendation which i'd say is a positive listen of the week so that is me um yeah shopping down to you all right i guess we're gonna get into it so um you know uh i already mentioned i tagged on uh with eden about giving on when it's all said and done um next up i want to just go into uh riley's project so formerly known as amber riley 
but she goes by Riley for her artist purposes. Um, so yeah, no, um, I mentioned the first single last week, and I mentioned that the EP was out. But um, I've been um, I've been playing the EP on loads this week and i think like, i'm just really surprised at how good it is because i don't know when certain actresses who we know for you know certain roles they try and veer into music even though if they have even though, even if they can sing the results are always just uh piss poor or just not that great kiki palmer um anyone from the disney channel um nickelodeon um but I don't know. I've just been very surprised. I'm just like, because I've always known she can sing. She's amazing, obviously. But I was just like, you really gave us like a, just a great project. Like these are just really good songs. Like, so yeah, I guess it's good to to say about it, really. But, like, it's just a, I think it's probably not, this is an exaggeration, but I think it's one of the biggest surprises of the year. Because I, even other people I follow, they're like, they're just genuinely like vibing with it in a way that I don't think people would. And I just think that what is so good about this project is just it's it's just simplicity like it's not overly thought out it's not trying to be something that it's not like this is just a good solid r&b ep like it's just like it's just like very celestial and buoyant and upbeat but like it also has like these really emotional and pensive moments and obviously vocally she's just insane and i watched her live performance on the terrell show she performed the entire ep on terrell and even the rollout like i see she's been getting some good press bits and uh she's put out two videos already for this project i'm like i just love it and you're like you know if this is the beginning of a of a transition into a proper recording career because obviously she's obviously sang like you know loads of musicals and tv shows and movies but like i would be really, really fully here for her really like her making a proper step into a recording artist arena like you know because i definitely think there's space for her in this generation and even in the urban ac realms and i'd love to just um see her flex her palette musically and like i'd love her to like work i would love to hear her on something like you know like a or like a Layla Hathaway kind of vibe because this this is like very contemporary, but I want to hear something a bit more like smoky. So like I'd love it. I always said I think she would work really well with this producer called Rashawn Peterson. I think they would do great work together. Like I would love to hear her like in like the not overtly near soul, but kind of like uh, verging on it. So like that's why I said like a Layla Hathaway or even like a Vivian Green. So like I yeah I feel like I'm really here for Amber's coming out as an artist because I didn't realize this is actually her first project and I like and she's been out for years as an actress we know she can sing but this is her first project and I think it was like um an excellent introduction so I definitely think you guys should check it out check out her live performance on the Terrell show that Heffa be singing as Patty Labelle would say and um yeah next up we're gonna get into uh, a nigger that you guys give too much to. Bryson Tiller. So I am aware he dropped an album called Anniversary, but I don't know what that is. Um, so I'm just going to go into the the re-release of Trap Soul, his debut album, which also you guys give too much. And he also gives too much because who are you doing a five-year deluxe edition for? Like, let the legacy build, sir. Like, give, like it's too, it was too premature to restart. Be doing these legacy-esque projects around your album that came out five years ago. Meanwhile, your current output isn't even hitting on shit. But anywho, anywho, stay above the fray. Um, so yeah, Trap Soul Deluxe. So I've always enjoyed Trap Soul, overrated, but I've always enjoyed the album. And um, so when I saw he released um, some new songs, I was like, okay, let me check it out because I believe these were like unreleased from that period. And um, let me just find what the song is called. So I was just very surprised that these songs were better than the rest of his new album. Like, 
just another interlude, Self Righteous, the Rabbit Remix of the Weekend. Like, these are all really great songs. And, like, and it's the thing about him that as much as I'm get, getting onto him now for that new album of his, he does, like, satisfy a certain part in me. Like, he does satisfy a musical thing in me. Like, I do, like, I like him for a reason. Like, I definitely don't think he's, like, you know, some R&B modern day royalty like you niggas give him. Like, you guys do the most over him. The most. The most over him. But he does make good music. And even going back through this album, like, let him know is one of the greatest album out of the I'm, I'm exaggerating. Obviously, it's not that deep. But that song is a tune. Let him know. Hey. When that song comes on, fat. And then like 10, 9, 14, been that way, right my wrongs. Like Trap Soul was a good album. It was a good album. And I'm happy that the re-release songs were just as good too, but so I definitely would recommend those. To me, that is my Bryson for 2020. I don't know what this album is, anniversary. Don't know what that is. Um, but even saying that there are like two good songs on that album, but overall the album is just it was just, it just wasn't. It. And I kind of knew it, like from the singles, it's like this isn't going to be it. I just, I just, I just feel for me like there's just too many great male R&B artists right now for me to be so hung up on Bryson Tiller. There's just so many, so so many, so many. We just discussed, just giving you all discussed around Bernard last week. There's Samo. There's Lucky Day now. There's a, uh, there's Folix. There's so many, so many, so many. And I'm just like, why is he given like there's Adam Ness? Like there's just so many. But um yeah, so that's Bryson. Do you have any thoughts on Bryson guys before I get into my last one? Yeah, the album was trash. And um special shout out to Tony, our editor, and um yeah, our editor and just for everything he's done, but also the fact that he mentioned um we didn't go in enough on Bryson Tiller like he messaged me whilst he was editing and was like I was annoyed because you guys didn't go in enough on Bryson Tiller this album is awful atrocious and all these types of things so I'm saying it now Tony just in case you hear Shoppe's review and you're like um you guys didn't go in enough but I agree this album was very lackluster I listened to it on one try and I was like no I, I gave I said, it a it few like tries I gave it like a good nah. four tries and I was like this it's not it's not it it's not good um, it's very lackluster. It feels like it's just a lot of throwaway songs and then pitched um, higher than it needs to be for some reason. Um, and it just feels really lazy. It just feels like he hasn't really invested in his craft. Yes. Although there was this whole conversation about um, Bryson Taylor being the type of person who receives feedback and then like makes changes. For me personally, it's fine for you to say, oh, I understand why you didn't like this project, but I don't see any exper experimentation. That, like the samples thing needs to die i'm sorry like it's not it's not everyday sample like i understand that's what you're known for and all these types of things but you need to switch it up because as you've done an anniversary album for um your last album um trap soul like you haven't progressed as much since then um sorry not last album first album because you had you released the second one after that um and you haven't progressed whatsoever after that and like, I just feel, like I said, it is very lazy. Um, I feel like it needs a lot more um, execution. It needs someone in the studio with him saying, all right, you've, you've made a song like this already. Because that's literally what I was thinking for every song. I was like, there's nothing different about any of these songs for me. They just sound like they're throwaway songs from Trap Soul. Um, but those are my thoughts. That's all I have to say. Um. I think with the project, I haven't given Anniversary as much of a listen to give it like a review. And I didn't even know 
the, the deluxe version was out like I just I knew that the um anniversary was out obviously and I gave it a play but I haven't listened to the um I mean I think I've listened to some of the tracks that you mentioned um when they were they were on SoundCloud but um in terms of like the whole thing together like I loved Traps or um it's it's obviously like a moment in time for him and he's obviously trying to kickstart some nostalgia to kind of um work off of that so I'm interested to see what he has coming next because he said that this isn't the um this isn't the end of like the projects is full so I am really intrigued to see what comes after this whole nostalgia period with him and what he's what he's got planned to evolve, hopefully, like you guys are saying. But so I just need to stop doing I'm just that. intrigued to see thing. that. Like, people stop need to stop trying to sell their new projects off the back of the legacy of another one. Like it doesn't mean the album's gonna be good. So like name this anniversary, five is a trap soul, but the album's work. So now you're just kind of tainting the legacy of your own album. Mm. And even like now, Usher's new album is allegedly called Confessions Part 2. No, don't. Like, I know what you're trying to do. It's a nice marketing strategy. It's a nice PR move. But you're just tainting the legacy of the parent project. If it's not as good, it doesn't match up. Mm. It's like, it's just, I don't like when people do that. I think... Like, Major Blige did the same mm. thing with My Life Part 2. That album was actually good. But I still don't know why it has to be called My Life Part 2. Just give it something else. Like, don't try to tie it on to... This moment you're thinking that because it has the same title, it's going to do just as well, or the fans are going to receive it just the mm. same. We're like, no, it's not. It's a separate project on its own. Like, and Bryson, you are not at the place where at all in your career to, to be tagging on. Like, you just got here. Mm. <laughs> you just got here. It's true. Yeah, I was about to say it's, it sounds more fitting for Usher. Like, I would understand why Usher does that. I I personally agree with you. I don't think there's a need for you to call it part two. Um, on a separate note, like I was on Twitter the other day and saw that um, Whoopi Goldberg is releasing Sister Act, 3. Sister Act 3. And I was just like, there is no need for this. Like when it comes to your legacy, you don't need to continue on something that was successful because it doesn't always work because it's a new generation. People's tastes have changed. They've, their listening has evolved and everything. Um, and you are just basically communicating to your audience that um, I've run out of material like that's what it tells me it's like I don't have anything new up my sleeve I'm gonna try and do the same thing I did all those years ago and um, yeah Bryson I don't understand I understand why you did it because people are always talking about how Bryson needs to go back to Trap Soul era and stuff like that and I'm just like he didn't leave that's the issue he never left he's not grown at all as an artist he hasn't grown at all I don't know I don't even know what I would want from Bryson Tiller in the future same like I just feel like for me, I know what to expect. I know the type of beat. I know it's going to be 90% sample. And then the rest of it's going to be like a whiny type of thing over it. And then the song will just end. And it's going to be like a few interludes, maybe like a game um, sample as well, somewhere in there, like maybe Street Fighter or something. Um, and that's Bryson Tiller. That's that's Bryson Tiller in a nutshell. Um, and I just don't know if I see it for him in the foreseeable future. Um but who knows? Artists always surprise us. Hopefully, he finds a way to find some new creativity. Um, do you prefer Bryson like rapping or like when he used to be on SoundCloud, like singing? Doesn't he sing now? You can... He does sing, but it was very different on SoundCloud days. Um, like I always say, he used to sound like Chris Brown in the way that he sang. Don't do that because Chris Brown can sing. No, but he used to sound like Chris Brown before he sang in a completely different octave. Um, and he just sounded completely, not completely different, but you could tell the formula was a lot different. Um, whereas in Trap Soul, it's obviously got the rap singing type thing over it um, and less so on vocals. Um, 
And I don't even know what I want from Bryson, if I'm being honest. I honestly don't know. So this album's trash. That's all that matters. Um, should we move into the news section now? Oh, no. I've got one more. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, sorry. Like, I've saved the best for last. So. <sighs> my, my, my. 2020 has been a lot. It's been trash in so many ways. But yep. you know what has persevered? My girl Mariah Carey. <laughs> if you are a, if you are a lamb, if you are a lamb, you then you guys know she has blessed us continuously throughout this disgusting year. The gems, the unearth unreleased music, the remixes, the hidden life performances, the book. Mariah has really shown love to the lambs this year i i have never enjoyed being more of a fan than i have this year in my life like it's just i just love her so much i just i just so let's just start you know you have to do some context here so this year marked uh 30 years since her debut album so basically since she arrived onto the scene so 30 years ago and in honor of that she's kicked off this hashtag mc30 campaign and for like the last six months, like she's just been dropping loads and loads of stuff from her vault, like unreleased music, remixes that were rare or hard to find that were only available on vinyl and all these things like live EPs. And then of course, you know, tied it in with her, her memoir, which came out last week, which I'm obviously reading, obviously. That'll be me after I get off this um this podcast. Um Desmond's and Mariah for the rest of the weekend. Um so I'm looking, and I'm really looking forward to getting into that. And obviously, last week she dropped the album "The Rarities," which was a collection of unreleased songs from the last thirty years of her career. So, like, there's songs from as early as 1990 to 2020, and all in between. And what I just love most of all about this is that, in spite, and this is something that I feel like, um, I feel like I really wanted to make this clear. Like, we look at her as like as a superstar and a legend and all these hits, but like. People don't really get, like, the musician that she is, the writer that she is, the producer that she is, the arranger that she is. And I feel like this album really is a, a brilliant example of that because you're literally hearing her throughout the ages. You're hearing her voice change through these. You're hearing her styles change through these. You're hearing her different influences, like you're hearing gospel and house and R&B and rock, alternative, and all, all in one album all these different subject matters. There's jazz on this album. And just I just like feel like this album is such an incredible look at just Mariah as a full-fledged artist, not a superstar or you know a legend, like just an artist and a great singer and a great writer. And I just have I've really, really been enjoying this project because you know I was a bit nervous because it's unreleased, you know, a lot of songs are unreleased for a reason, but as someone you know who writes all her music, like you know, and is prolific, like that's another thing. She's extremely prolific. I feel like we don't really talk about that enough. Like the catalogue is strong, and not just from album to album, like even the eras itself, like there's like there's the fact there's like a thousand house and gospel movies to always be my baby, and just like and these and they are banging, and then she doesn't just, you know, put an acapella on a beat. She, like, re-sung, re-wrote, reproduced these songs for a different audience for her. And I just, like, I just don't know where to start. But also, I, what I love is that how so many of these songs, uh, they're just great songs. Like, they're not just, like, they're not like, oh, I can see why they didn't make the album. Like, these are legitimately great songs, to the point where some of them I'm actually sh- shocked that they weren't 
officially released. Like, there's a song on there called All I Live For, which was, and what also, if she put the year that they were, she was recorded, that they were recording, which surprised me because she actually doesn't like to acknowledge her age or acknowledge years. So my girl is growing, but it's just part of her personality. Says a few more. But anyway, so there's a song there called All I Live For, which was recorded in 993 for what would have been the Music Box album. And that's the album that has Dream Lover and Hero, Without You, It's Time You Need a Friend. And I just heard this song and I have literally played this song a thousand times this week. And I am just like actually stunned and angry that this wasn't even released. Because not only is it is a good song, this would have been a hit. And it just speaks to the depth of her talents. Because it's like, these were just in the vaults all these years, like till now. I just couldn't believe it. Like that song was literally cut from... Babyface and SWV, Tony Braxton era, like, but I know why I didn't make it. It was too black, it was too urban. Her label wouldn't let her put it out. That's why. Um, she really had to struggle between the pop and R&B in the early days of her career. So that was too black, too niggerish. They didn't take it off the album. Um, and other songs on there, like uh, One Night, her first production with Jermaine Dupree, Here We Go Again. And that's also, like, I feel like uh, a really delightful listen because that's literally Baby Mariah. Like, that's from her first album, like, you're just really hearing the innocence and the youth and just, like, the hunger. And I'm just like, she was just beasting at 1920, just beasting. And it is, and also, I love the product. It sounds something off, like, a Jackson 5, Supremes-esque kind of song, very 60s, Motown-inspired. And I'm just like, once again, like, these were just the heat that was just there all the while. So I'm just like, I say that to say that we really just need to be giving Mariah her flowers. And I love that she's really in that age now. She's really, like, Letting you guys know that I, she's that bitch. And she's been, been <laughs> that bitch for 30 years. <laughs> like with this book, this album, and even like just all these old footage she's now putting out. I, I even made notes for this, but I'm even looking at it. But I'm just not speaking from the heart. But I just like, I'm really just like enjoying, but I'm just really enjoying being, and also um, a highlight for me is Lullaby of Birdland. So speaking to Edith's point about jazz music, and I even mentioned it last week that Sarah Vaughan is one of my favorite jazz vocalists, and she covered one of her songs, and that's something I always wanted from her. Mariah has a jazz bag that she needs to get into. We're waiting for a jazz album. She's covered jazz a few times on tour, but she doesn't really sing it that often. So there's a jazz song called Lullaby of Birdland, a Sarah Vaughan cover. What other songs in here do I really like? Um, and also what I love is that there are songs here that have ha- have been out for years, like so if you're in for a deep lamb like me, there are three songs here that have been on YouTube for years, but they now have been officially released. So that's Do You Think of Me, Everything Fades Away, and Slipping Away. So those aren't so to the masses they're new, but to hardcore lambs like myself, those have been out on the 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 outer webs of the internet for years and she acknowledged those and gave them a proper release there's the original version of loverboard because you know, j stole the original version but we won't get into that and also i love mariah being shady still in the book still not acknowledging who she is referring to <laughs> mariah first has another female singer throughout the entire book and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> and then also just those even the more modern songs like the song in here called call on you from 2007 Mesmerize. Oh, yes. Mesmerize. I'm going to be finished now. I'm sorry. I'm going off. But you guys need to know. I feel like that's, I feel like a lot of people who have said now from the show, they understand Mariah's greatness. Well, continue. Continue. Continue the research. But anywho, there's something called Mesmerize, which kind of has like this disco 70s, 80s vibe, which kind of played with a bit on uh, Me, I, and Mariah in 2014. 
And I, th- I believe it's probably from those same sessions. And that's a really good song. And once again, like, just really showing, like, the versatility and the breadth and the range of not just her her vocally, but also musically and, like, her ear for different sounds and how she can fit in different pockets. We do them all so seamlessly. So, yeah, that's it, really. Mariah Carey, the rarities. You gotta just... Wow. Yeah, man. My girl. <laughs> well, I'm glad the book finally got to you after so long because Waterstones tried you're it. ages, weren't you? They really tried it. Yeah. <laughs> I pre-ordered that shit in like July. Why is it, why is the day coming it's still not here? <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad you got it, and I'm probably going to start reading it soon because you've you've definitely sold it to me. And also, um, I love that. So I've only started. I'm only like 60 pages in, but I just love how forth she's being about race, and like from different perspectives, like yeah. Like, she's very open about the fact that even though she's biracial, she could pass. Like, she's very forthright about those things. Meanwhile, her brothers and sisters couldn't. And I, talking about her dad and what he went through as a black man in the 70s and all these personal anecdotes. Like, she's really being very, very forthright about racial dynamics from yeah. various perspectives. So I'm really loving that part. Okay, cool. Um, I'll definitely check it out. And I'll check out this new um, release that she's got as well um nick did you have anything to add to that um in terms of like listening to the projects and stuff probably around christmas time i'll dive in it sounds like it's a good it's a good set to get into okay don't know about the book right now but in terms of the in terms of the projects that sounds great as well like especially the unreleased cuts from youtube that you said finally made it that's that's that must be satisfying Mm. because there's so many artists and stuff on youtube where i'm like oh i wish i could like stream it properly and it's all like listen to it in a proper formalized setting and it's like yeah it's cool to finally have those three not one but like three songs make it onto official track listings so that's 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 amazing i want to say i think she really does listen to her fans because people being her mentors talking about those songs so when i'm like oh wow she's really put them on an album and I'm like wow and she's even performed some of these songs in the last few years now like she puts them in her sets now like because she knows that because she's like oh people don't know that song i know they do <laughs> they do and i just feel now that when when the corona ends like it's imperative that i see her because people always struggle to say i've never seen her before i've never seen her live i've never seen her live it is imperative that i see her live when this corona shit ends because i just feel like she's in such a good place in her career and I feel like it would be the show that I want. It would be, yes, she'll give me the hits, but she's going to give me the deep cuts that I want to. I feel like she's in that place in her career now where she's like, I'm me, I'm a legend. You're going to take what I give you. I've been around. Yeah. Get into it. Research me. Google me. <laughs> I just love your love for Mariah Carey. I just really love it. Because she's the, because uh, I just, you don't understand. <laughs> Since March, she's just been blessing us. <laughs> These last, <laughs> no, like literally every week, she was dropping something for us. Every week. And then, the last weeks have been, you know, she's really steamrolled with the album and the book. Like, when she announced the album, I literally fell off my bed. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. I love it. I love how passionate you are about music. Hashtag respecting legends. Yep. There we go. There we go. Um, cool. Should we get into the new section, Nick? Yes, sir. Oh, well, that's a, <laughs> that's a question for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Um, so we're going to stick in the UK first of all. Um, this took over the internet a couple of days ago. Uh, it's rap based and it's old school in terms of the artist in question who's formalized the beef. Um, so Chip has released a track, well, two, um, 
in response to Stormzy pulling up uh, over the summer, allegedly when Black Lives Matter protests were going on across London. But um, I'll get into that in a minute. First of all, let me take you to how we got to this moment. So the alleged beef started where, well, it's only this year, but when Waze dropped um, back across the storm, um, the Skepta, Chip and Young Ads collaboration project. Now people, I remember this, like they alleged that Chip was coming at uh, Stormzy, attacking his royalty, attacking him being basically the king right now, um, saying you ain't been platinum, silver or gold, you ain't even been bronze, you div, you ain't even done 10 years in this thing, round here we don't hear, you're a king, man will take your throne, a pistol your head, know your role, with cold spitters you ain't never been toe to toe, step in the ring, get shown at the ropes, so essentially challenging him, um, if you believe that that, that is about Stormzy anyway, um, so, Stormzy then appeared to clap back on the huge single this year called I Don't Know. Um, is he sending for me? I don't know. What them boy their sell first week? I don't know. When they ask for the fee, let them know that's it. 1.5 for the headline show. Little niggas, that's millies, not thousands. Stormzy the goat. But they really been doubting. Came offline. I've been chilling in the mountains. Um, how about you, bro? I really sell albums. Wait, look, I thought I heard shots, but the shoe don't fit. Come flex on me with the Louboutin drip. Come in niggas, that stupid shit. We all know that I'm stupid rich. These are really bad bars, by the way. Sorry, Stormzy. Honestly. Anyway, um, so then <laughs> Stormzy pulled... This is, this is in the timeline where apparently Stormzy then pulled up to Chip's house in a Lamborghini, like his lyrics suggest. Um, Do it and- not meet me after school. At his age. <laughs> and Chip then tweeted about seeing the video this week. So um, he pulled up his receipts. He pulled up his evidence. Um, and then he decided to clap back on Flowers, first of all. And then Killer MC. Flowers sees him return to petrol stations, which is iconic for him now, in my opinion. Um, he pulled up to Shell. Shell did respond in the comments saying that... Um, you know, this has to be pre-planned and all this kind of stuff. But they seem to kind of support the move. It was kind of in jest. Um, but yeah, he was seen in um, Shell Station. I'm assuming this is either in Northwest or, I mean, not Northwest, North London or wherever he resides now, if it's not North London. But um, yes, he basically came for Stormzy. Um, he said, don't know what you heard about Essex, but it's calm, my dog. And they ain't used to black people screaming down the car park. So let me ask you this, Mr. Roadman, because you don't get the program. It seems like you want to lose it all before, like, basically annihilating him. Twitter went into meme mode. And yeah, obviously Chip doesn't run out of bars. So he did a really good job on this one. In Killer MC, he basically has six body bags for all the beefs he's been with over the years. And one, including like Tiny, you know, including um, Bugsy Malone, just a plethora um, of people in the industry, really. He's, he doesn't run out of bars. Um, to date, Stormzy hasn't, res- haven't, hasn't, sorry, officially responded. But um, I did see a picture. I don't know if it was fan made or it was official. It looked good enough to be official, but I haven't seen it on anywhere of Stormzy's media, um, which kind of suggested that a comeback is coming and there was a promotional picture. But I don't know. 
um, what's happening as of late. I do think he is whipping up a reply though, because you know he wouldn't he wouldn't not whip up a reply. But I feel like he might take the Drake approach. But we'll see. We'll see. Which is like the commercial approach which he took with um, earlier this year with Wiley as well. So. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. We'll obviously update you next week when something does eventually happen because it probably will in the next of this in the next seven days. But um, as of now, what do you guys think? Have you seen both of the visuals? Have you heard both of the songs? Um, what do you think of the situation at large? Stormzy pulling up, etc., etc. We've kind of heard hints from Shoppe about Mimi and all of that. But yeah, continue. Uh, guys, I'm off form today. I can't even lie, so I'm probably not going to go in depth. Um, I've had a really tough week. Um, when it comes to this beef, I just feel like Stormzy won't reply. Um, it wouldn't make sense for him to reply. Um, he's in a much better position. He doesn't need to battle Chip. Um, it seems like Chip needs to battle him for some reason. Um, hmm. there's loads of conversation about how, um, Stormzy pulled up at Chip's house and Chip is like rapping in response. Um, I, I understand why people are saying that, but they're rappers at the end of the day. Um, I like Chip's um, like sends. I like the way that he went back to the petrol station, the Shell petrol station. And um, there's kind of like a theme of him not running out of um, like ammunition. So like always being ready. And I think that's something that will add to his legacy um, as he continues on. My thing is like, where is the music? Like for Chip, where is the music? Like I, but why do why do we why do we have to bring it into the commercial arena? Like I don't get that whole argument. Like this is about him pulling up to his mum's house, so he's gonna or his house or whatever, so he's gonna just respond lyrically. Then that's fine. But I'm saying, where's the music? Oh, so you're no, making I a second. I'm point. just saying overall, think... like it's fine for it's fine for you to make digs and everything. It's fine for you to respond to someone pulling up to your house, but where is the music? Like when, like, like I've seen him release stuff, but it hasn't really done the rounds. Um, like he's only really known for like sending for people nowadays. I don't see people talk about his music. I'm not even saying he makes bad music because I like some of his songs, but where is the music? Um, and I do have to agree, but then before I, I get into that, cause I do agree with you, Eden. Um, so you said that Stormzy wouldn't reply because he doesn't need to, but he responded to, to Wiley a few times so why wouldn't you respond this time i just don't think it will benefit him to respond i think the mistake but why did wiley made, benefit him because in he didn't pull up at wiley's house i think i think in terms of stormy's stormzy's legacy he needs to bury this as quickly as possible before the daily mail and every people everyone else picks up on it oh that's really happened so <laughs> but this this is my point like I think it's I think it's really dangerous ground for him because Stormzy has this this image um that he needs to protect whereas Chip can do whatever he wants. Um I and I know that Chip will win this. I know Chip will win. Everyone knows Chip will win this. It won't work in his favor whereas when when it was Stormzy versus Wiley it was kind of like oh what would happen? Um yeah, I just don't think it'll work in his favor if he responds. He should ignore it and just like take the l really wait hold on hold on are you guys saying that like someone can't have a career and have beef because drake i'm not saying that you didn't say back to back (laughs) no i'm just i'm just questioning i'm just questioning the tone like the tone of this discussion and what i've seen online not from you guys just the whole like online stuff is like stormzy will lose it all if he comes back and i'm just kind of like you can have both especially in this uk market where 
consumers don't care. Like all these publications and stuff, if the consumers are buying your music and you're charting, you're good. And I think Stormzy's in a position where you can do that. Do you know what I mean? In terms of he can still go at chip and win in terms of the commercial lane as well. I just don't get that whole juxtaposition of oh Stormzy's so perfect so I mean the video obviously he he incriminated himself doing all that shit but in terms of the music and coming at someone in a in a beef and all that kind of stuff I feel like I mean he's proven that he can still stand after Wiley and have it so but he won why can't he but even but even if he loses like consumers might still buy his music especially white people who mainly consume the music of Stormzy yeah i just feel I'm like what, but, even drake even drake and pusha t like people are still going to drake and i'm, I'm not saying Stormzy is in drake's level at all drake is his own in the uk, no, in the UK but what i'm saying is, is like yeah it's yeah what what's the same thing Stormzy is essentially in terms of the uk landscape he's our drake you could argue uh, consistency uh, I, I, I i'm not talking, those... talking about in terms of quality i'm just terms of um level of profile no, no, no. Level of profile consistently. I feel like Drake's been there for long. I just don't, I wouldn't make, I get it, but I, he needs to prove himself for a couple, a number of more years to be in that space. But anyway, my point is, I feel like Stormzy can still have a rap beef back and forth and it won't take away from his credibility. Now the visual stuff, we know how the visual stuff can operate and he pulled up to someone's house knowing his stature and knowing his position. Which is what I don't um, understand. That might, that might do something different. But musically, play. It's a playground. Play. Like, especially where you came up from, the grime era, you were seen as the grime meets hip-hop meeting in the middle. Do what you got to do. Like, if you want to come back, come back. If you don't, don't. I know Chip's going to win this lyrically, regardless, because he will always, like, Stormzy is no lyricist in the same way as Chip. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that has always been the case. But what I'm saying is musically in the playground, go, try, you know, try and be Serena Williams when Chip is clearly Serena in, t- in this in this circumstance. That was but, so rude, um, Yeah. No. Shoppe, no, let me, you just said wait, me. I just need to, <laughs> like, no. to clarify my point just quickly. <clears throat> sorry, clarify. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry. We, um, yeah. Go on. I now. wasn't saying that um, when it comes to this beef that Stormzy can't make music. No, sorry. That Stormzy can't send for someone with the kind of career he has at the moment. I'm saying that it wouldn't benefit his position at the moment, especially seeing as the fact that he's actually pulled up to someone's ad- address over music. Um, and then he's going to get spun as well by Chip. It just does. It won't work. Like everyone knows that Chip is going to finish Stormzy in a lyrical battle. Like, it's it's his arena. Um, and for me, if I was, like, on Stormzy's team, I would say, you're not going to win this. You might as well just leave it. They're not going to tell but him that. I would say that personally. Yeah, you would. I, I, yeah, he's yeah, not going to do that. Yeah, but I'm speaking from me. Like, I would say, I would say personally, me, Eden, that if I was on Stormzy's team, don't get involved in this battle. Um, but yeah, anyway. But you know he's uh, going to respond, right? Yeah, he's gonna take an L. He's, he's gonna, gonna, he's, gonna he's gonna respond. And it's not gonna bang. But, no. but and wait, chart. can I just say? Can I just say? As on this podcast, I actually don't mind Stormzy's music. Just let people know, I don't have an issue with Stormzy's music. Oh no! But yeah. I want to make that clear too. Um, I do think um, "Heavy as the Head" was um was a very mediocre album. But I generally like Stormzy's music. Generally, like I loved mm. his first album. Yeah, 
I loved a bunch of his freestyles from before he was like super super big. Like I definitely enjoy Stormzy's music. I think he's a great rapper, but th- that current album, no, wasn't the one. I prefer him as a personality personally. <laughs> um, musically, he hasn't he hasn't given me the full projects. Like I've had songs. Like we come on, like we're not gonna be hater here. There's been great songs, but um, yeah, project project and wise, this is great. Yeah, project wise though. Yeah, you know, I'm not going back to any. He, he doesn't make music for us, though. Yeah, Anymore. that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. That's why I'm saying I loved his first album. I liked his stuff before he got super big. And I really enjoyed his Wiley disses. Like, I thought Wiley Flow was great. Sorry, that was, sorry, that was a tribute to Wiley, but then he dissed him later. Um, I liked... Some would say that was a diss. Some people have been saying that's a diss as well. I didn't take that. I took that as a homage, as respect. That's why, that's why I was so surprised when that beef happened, because I was like, Stormzy was showing you love. Like, he made a whole song about you. That's why I was so confused. You know, Wiley is, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> but um, as for me, well, I guess I've kind of piggybacked both of your points. Um, I agree that uh, Chip is going to spin him, but we knew that anyway. Um, I'd like to say that I think, once again, Black Twitter, shout out to you, your jokes, the, the memes, the comments, A1, like, just brilliant work. Just keep fighting the good fight in the world of online comedy. Just... Mwah, brilliant. Um, but um, yeah, no, I agree with Nick that I don't think it's gonna harm him to just go back and forth. But I do think what obviously looks particularly bad is because that you went to his house like you're some fifteen year old when you're a big man, like you have Brit Awards at your age, at your tax bracket. This is what you're coming to do, and then his neighbors coming to you like, "Terrence, come bail me in it." Are you dumb? Like you don't have his number, you can't have your manager call his manager. Like, like, like this, like the time is this. You're not on that anymore. Like. You're, you're past that. And so is he. <laughs> Not even just to, you. He is past that. I don't know why he took it there. And if it is over this way song, it's not that deep. If it's not that deep. If that's why you're so pressed. If that's why you're so angry. It's not that serious, sir. Like, that could have been a text message, an iMessage. You know, you could have gone to Nando's together and sorted it out. With, like, it's just... <laughs> not Nando's. Like, coming with three... <laughs> coming with, come with two men for what? Like, for beef, like... What, what are you doing? I think like you still have a fucking tag in your name. <laughs> Shopee. Storms. Kid Storms. Little Storms. Shop, Shopee. Sir. Michael Amari. Do better. All right. So Do better. what I want to say, what I want to say just quickly is I'm trying to be very careful when talking about this because I understand there's a there's an element to this that I will never understand. Um, I see. Especially... I was literally just going to say that because I feel like there's a whole side of the story that we don't know. And I, to be honest, like I feel like there's a lot of the industry that Storm, Stormzy being the chosen one in terms of commercial success and oh, breakthrough yeah. for that sound, there's there's a lot of 100%. resentment and not and not just and not just with a chip because we know chip was that guy before we know that people wanted him to be the one and arguably Stormzy couldn't exist without chip and he knows that um but in terms of the um uh wily chip and other little pockets i do think there's people talking about Stormzy. i do think there's resentment there i do think there's and he knows a, it. a group chat i do think there's a group chat and there's there's this and that and all or there has been group chats or discussions and stuff and i do think there's a Stormzy versus the people because of how he came up and how quickly he came up 
But yeah, I do think that has something to do with the maybe paranoia that Stormzy has now, or maybe the um the the one sided comments in verses that people say it's instantly about him, or um that th- there is some truth to that, in my opinion, from the outside looking in. But again, as Eden just said, but he's probably going to give another context because it's his his opinion, his viewpoint. But I think there's more to this story then we can ever know and there's 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 codes and other things that we we can't even talk to we're not a part of this we're never going to be a part of this so yeah we can only speak from a very outside looking in well i can only speak from a very outside looking in perspective but yes sorry yeah what i was gonna gonna say is that when it comes to um certain like beefs and stuff like that especially in the music industry uk music industry i try and be a bit careful around them um, because i think it's important to know yourself um, and also, um, like what you know, like I get annoyed when I go on YouTube and I see videos by like white boys from um, Hertfordshire talking about drill beefs and people got stabbed and all these types of things um, because it's not their experience and they're like watching these things from the point of view like, oh, this is this is what's happened, um, like that this is why they're in a beef, um, this is this area hates this area and all of these types of things that they've kind of like got from like youtube comments and all these types of things and if i'm not careful as someone who's not from that environment i could be doing the exact same thing so when it comes to like pulling up to people's address and stuff i don't know about that life so i don't know about like stormzy's past he's spoken about his past a lot um chip has always said he's not involved in that type of life but he knows people from that type of life um and i imagine those habits are kind of hard to lose and i do agree with what shope is saying you're at a certain t- tax bracket now um, people look up to you you're a mental health advocate you talk about um black lives matter and all these types of things and it giving out scholarships and you've gone to the point where you can now say um you've made it but there are some habits that are hard to lose like stormzy as i've said in like a group chat is the is the bridge at the moment for black British culture um, and also like um, just um, Britain in general. Um, and that comes with consequences. You've got to have respect from both sides. And I, I understand everyone's point, but I just wouldn't feel comfortable judging Stormzy for doing this. It was wrong, but I just don't feel comfortable doing that. Can I just jump in and quickly say that I think that there's a tone that I've seen online as well of respectability politics. And I just don't, like it at all like this whole like Stormzy can't do X because of this and Storm look at what the white media is gonna I'm just like no like let's forget about that like it doesn't really well it does matter in terms of his career prospects and stuff like that in the UK but I just don't like the tone of it I don't like respectability politics at all um and I just think some of the takes that I saw online were just a bit leave it like maybe decolonize your mind more so than worry about what Stormzy's doing pick up a book um i didn't get people like oh but he's a christian christians are a mess <laughs> yeah but like even no but even like whole like the whole <laughs> yeah christians are a mess christians are a mess. um but in terms <laughs> in terms of the whole um daily mail oh, but Stormzy's a gospel music stuff, and <laughs> have you not read the bible i feel like i feel like um some people have just... read the bible like <laughs> if you really research hard enough a lot of these gospel <laughs> artists are a mess like did you not watch mary mary's reality show oh like man. you know the winans google them enough they're so messing that family love them to death though but oh child 
the the the, Destro- the Detroit streets know about the Winans. <laughs> oh, blinded by your grace. Okay, all right. Boy, <laughs> like whether you're a Muslim, Christian, Jewish, everyone it can be a mess. <laughs> everyone can be trash. Sorry, Nick, was everyone can do unsanitary things and unholy things. We're all human. We're all works in progress. We're all trying to get through this thing called life. What's who you who you pray to God do with that? If you're about it, you're about it. And Stormzy, yes, he's done gospel music, but I know he's not out here speaking in tongues every damn day and reading Psalms and reading Corinthians like that. Please, come on now. Come on. Back to you, Nick. It's all right. I'll wrap it up. Um, respectability politics. <laughs> um, yeah, just decolonize your mind. You, Nick. I agree. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so Rihanna um, apologised to the Muslim community this week for um, causing unintentional, in her words, offence for use, the use of a song during fas- the fashion show, um, Savage Fenty Phase 2, which happened um, a couple of days ago um, and aired on Amazon Prime. But um, yeah, as people got to watch it more, more of the um, more of the Muslim community started to like watch it and dissect, obviously, a particular song that was used, um, which caused massive offense because it was actually a part of um, the Quran. It's a like really religious text. Um, So, yeah, the song includes a narration of the particular hadith saying actions of the muslim prophet muhammad about the end of the world and the afterlife the hadith is a sacred text obviously to muslims um so several people this week started pointing it out like at rihanna um on multiple platforms um which caused her to obviously release a statement via savage fenty a couple of days ago um so i'd like to thank the muslim community for pointing out the oversight that was unintentionally offensive in our savage times fenty show um i would more importantly like to apologize to you for this honest yet careless mistake we understand that we have hurt many of our muslim brothers and sisters and i'm incredibly incredibly sorry disheartened by this um i do not play with any kind of disrespect towards god or any religion and therefore the use of this song in our project was completely irresponsible moving forward we will make sure nothing like this ever happens again thank you for your forgiveness and understanding so that was the statement um yeah so this is all that's happened in response to that so far there has been some pushback in terms of the community saying that you know this isn't enough all of this some say that she should take the song off completely and re-release um, some people are saying that she did the right thing, obviously, but the important parts of the story is obviously the Hadith was used in a song that was played on Savage Fenty Phase 2 and Rihanna then apologised for the oversight when she realised that this happened um, and that it was a sacred text, obviously, um, that meant a lot to the Muslim community. So I wanted to, yeah, bring that story, give the context a little bit um what do you guys think of this story if anything to be honest but yeah um it's a hard one oh actually it's not that hard but it's just kind of i want to i don't want to say the wrong thing but um i think i don't believe the original artist's um kind of apology about not knowing it was a hadith um because the song is called doom and the hadith is about doomsday So I kind of question if she knew what it Annotating meant. Annotating the statement. Um, we love to see it. Well, I just I just really question 
that apology and if it's authentic <laughs> but it's true though like it, it the connection is too close for them not to kind of say they understand what it means um in terms of rihanna i'm glad she apologized and i'm glad that the the people i've seen from the muslim community have accepted her apology um and i do think that there needs to be some cultural sensitivity around islam because it seems like every day um people from the muslim com community are getting attacked in some way whether it's via what's going on in china whether it's um just on the uk news and the fact that eid was cancelled this year like it's just so many different things that seem to happen to the muslim community um and i'm glad that rihanna identified the fact that her brand is for them as well and she tries to make an inclusive brand um, where everyone is welcome and we saw that in the fenty show as well well i didn't finish watching it but still um and yeah, I'm glad everything worked out in the end. Um, and I hope in the future it doesn't happen again. Um, but those are my thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that she apologized. And if she genuinely didn't see it, then... Uh, or like realized the song was in reference to that, her being Rihanna in this case. Um, then yeah, it's a huge learning lesson. And I think more um, process tracing will go on in terms of like sourcing the correct materials and then more quality control will happen before the show kind of makes its official debut to consumers um i think the song itself is hugely disrespectful like playing it um i did play it like just to listen like you know and you can kind of tell with the context of the lyrics of what the text is for that it is you know wholly sacred and I think that, you know, that community, the Muslim community, get a lot of Islamophobia coming towards them, a lot of ill will, Ill, Ill intent, especially in the United States where Rihanna predominantly resides now. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's a, a huge oversight. And I think that it should have been taken into consideration more. I think there should be dedicated, well, there probably is, it's a whole fashion show, dedicated teams that deal with music um, and soundtracks for these particular things. So it's kind of like, I don't know, I think it could have been avoided, not on Rihanna's part because she's way too busy, but in terms of the teams that she employs to do this kind of stuff, these are um, daily tasks, um, but those are my thoughts. And okay. Yeah. So you've basically asked the question I was going to ask. Um, and I, I'm going to say I, it, my question came from a place of confusion. I asked myself, why would Rihanna apologizing for the mistake of um, someone who set the playlist? Um, and one of my friends um, who's Muslim explained to me why. Um, and I kind of understand now. Like, Obviously, it's similar to when like someone in a company says something racist and then the whole company apologizes. Um, but but that's yeah. the question I wanted to ask. Her name is on the line. Yeah, in terms of like she's Fenty, it's her brand. Yeah. You know, she has to kind of yeah yeah she she it's her brand. Like regardless, it's her brand. She stands there every single Fenty show and represents it. It's her. Mm -hmm. It's her. Yeah. That she wanted to get into fashion. It's her. So regardless of if someone called someone the M word in in internally or and it got out or if someone played the a wrongly kind of um offensive song that affects a particular community yeah i'm gonna have to apologize that's me if it's like do you know what i mean if it's it's like i represent that i'm gonna have to say something because even if the person in question said sorry and it was the appropriate apology and people were like yeah 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 whatever the majority of the 
the um islam community muslims um said they've basically forgive them mm. there'd still be some ambiguity towards rihanna like why didn't she step up why yeah, didn't she say true. because it's her yeah. brand yeah. do you know what i mean it's not like she it's not like it's an offshoot that she just has stakes mm. in um it's kind of like it's her it's and she actively promotes that shit and she she loves it she loves Fenty you know um so yeah I would I'm glad and do you know what in terms of Rihanna we can critique her in terms of class and like billionaires that well near billionaire status and stuff mm. and whatever the other stuff but one thing I can say is that I do think her just looking at her as one of the only celebrities in in Hollywood that I actively like look at in terms of products and releases and stuff i feel like she doesn't mean well mm-hmm. um from but obviously i don't know her so i can't really confirm that but i'm just saying i feel like she would make the right business or moral decisions in this circumstance which she has so we can only learn through growth we can only learn about rihanna through her growth and we can see what she does in the other shows and her other ventures that she's got but i don't think a mistake like this will be happening again yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I'll say. Um, small mistakes, you know, like a, a dress ripping or something, but no, nothing like nothing like this again. But yeah, interesting story. It taught me a lot as well. Um, this week. But if everyone said what they have to say, we can kind of move yep. on into our last topic of the week, which is um yeah like i didn't really want to talk about him again i kind of said that but it obviously i said in the court context it would come up but um yeah tory lanes has been officially charged with the assault with firearm in the shooting of meg megan the stallion um so yes he's actually officially been accused guys as of hollywood um in the, um, as of Hollywood in terms of California he will be tried there hopefully um, but he faces two felony charges um, assault with a semi-automatic firearm and carrying a loaded unregistered firearm in a vehicle um, the complaint states that Lane's inflicted great bodily injury on Megan a message sent to um, Tory's representative was not immediately returned um, lanes is due to be um a, what arraigned yeah arraigned tuesday in los angeles if convicted he faces a maximum sentence of roughly 23 years i think it's just over 22 years but it, it they're kind of um they're kind of rounding it up so they're saying it's about 23 years um Lanes was arrested the night of the shooting, but obviously he was released on bail because we've seen him out and about releasing albums and stuff. Um, prosecutors recommending that his bail be set to 1.1 million now at his arraignment, which happens Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday this week. So when the episode drops, that will be the day. Um, but yeah, this is a lot. We don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, Lane says apparently, I haven't played the album, said that he's innocent on the album, but um, he'll have to like prove it now um, in court. And that is the state of play as of now. I tried to look for more updated information this morning to see if anything had happened legally since, but it seems that nothing has happened as yet. But obviously, as this case evolves, if we're still on air, um, we'll let you know when a significant, not step by step, but a significant change happens towards seeing if he is guilty as charged by the court or not. But 
hey, what do you guys think of this development? Um, I'm glad that black women feel, um, well, hopefully feel slightly more protected um, by the response because there's been a myriad of situations where we spoke about it last episode where black women have said something has happened to them and the justice system has gone against what they've said or the general um, social media population kind of um, focus on her more than the person who actually harmed her. And when it came to Meg, all those things happened still. Social media still attacked her. Um, people are denying it ever happened and all these, all these types of things. And the fact, <clears throat> sorry, and the fact that now um, Tory's going to get um, at least tried, like at least he's, he's going to a trial of some sort um, and possibly going to jail for 23 years. That is a response that shows people that black women are human. And I think that is kind of ignored and kind of um, not really um, respected a lot of the time. So I'm I'm happy about that. Well, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about this situation. I'm not happy that this happens between um, like two black people and especially when it comes to hurting black women. Um, I wish it didn't happen, if I'm being honest, um, but it did. And the right thing happened. Um, you shouldn't be able to assault anyone. Um, and in this case, specifically black women, black women and have no response to it. So um, I hope this makes everyone feel a little bit more secure in the fact that um, things like this can't happen. So yeah, those are my thoughts. Shabe, anything? Oh, I have nothing to say. Yeah, well, um, in my kind of point of view, I just want to see how this shapes out. Obviously, I'm not going to watch step by step because like I've had enough of just seeing this guy. But in terms of um, the final verdict, I will see what happens in this case. And just obviously... We have to continue to protect black women. Um, I've seen some comments as this kind of news broke, which oh, again proves that we ain't shit. And you know who we are in this case. I've spoken about it on this season before. I'm not going to get into it again because that was just lengthy. But um, yeah, I just hope that in these days, like at this moment, particularly like seeing her name all over the news as this kind of broke. Um, I hope Megan's doing okay. Hope she's healing. Hope she's cool. Um, hope her legs are okay as well, like healing up as well. Um, and yeah, I hope to black women who were affiliated with Tory in the past um, are safe as well because we don't know what's happened before if he's capable of this, you know. So, man you know i i've i think i've shared the thoughts where on this podcast where i'm thinking of more about what abolition looks like but until that point you know if this is the way we do quote unquote justice then <laughs> hey like you know someone's guilty you know and we're just going to we're going to find that out we're going to find that out when this comes to the date of the the well, the jury's decision so Hey, I can't. I can't really say much more than that. Um, good luck. <laughs> That's all I've got. Good luck. But yeah, that that was very quick for the news section. Um, looking at my recording, we're like <laughs> an hour at fifteen. That is like a record for us. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's it, guys. <laughs> Someone else cool. has something, but yeah. No, I was just gonna say sorry, guys. I haven't been on game today. Literally, this whole week has been too much. But um, 
next week will probably be well i will probably be more on form um but if you did enjoy this episode please um like review the episode um follow us on that's pod the atspod um all social media platforms and again just want to say thank you everyone for listening thank you for the support we really appreciate it and as time goes on um i think we're starting to realize like how these conversations are um enjoyed by people and what we bring to the podcast Mm. space as well and as a music podcast i really appreciate the fact that every week i'm able to talk about a genre and kind of an industry well not an industry but genres that i love um i hate the industry um (laughs) yeah but yeah guys thank you for listening this is that's pod enjoy the rest of your week and peace cool